0: From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode number 47. Today's show is brought to you by Lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts, Hover, Simplified Domain Management, and Fracture, photos printed in vivid color directly on glass. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Stephen Hackett of 512pixels.net. Hello, Stephen Hackett.
1: Hello, Michael Hurley.
0: How are you? I'm good. Good. Big week for me. How are you? Oh yes, <laughs> I'm good. fine. I'm totally fine. And from maxstories.net, dot net, the one and only Mr Federico Viti. Hey, how's
2: it going? Good, buddy. How are you? Um, I'm doing. I'm doing well. Uh, I survived the Italian heat. I survived the London heat. Yeah, but that doesn't count. Why? I mean, you get like half of the sun. All right, up there. What was your temperature last week? Like. F- well it depends. Because if you if you if you ask me about Rome, it was kinda like thirty eight degrees. Uh at the beach I think it was like hotter. Um but you know, I could swim in the sea. Alright, well so. we,
0: we we're at thirty seven with one hundred percent humidity. Yeah but, No, I mean, this, you, the temperature's like, the same. Come on. Give yeah, this to me, Federico. We <laughs> had
2: we had the heat wave. It's the like hottest day it has
0: you, ever been in July, don't. ever.
2: <laughs> you didn't get the sun as nicely as you get it here. Like the shape of the sun, I think it's different. Come so, on,
0: come on. Yeah. what is <laughs> this you giving me?
2: Well, we got the triangle sun in London. No, you got like 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 a like a waxing moon. You know, like you're talking a, about like, the sun. Where's the moon coming? to No, this? but it, like it misses a portion of the sun because it's written, You know, it's different. I think so. Yeah, hmm. but isn't the sun I, the, I, p- I, the bit that people want?
0: So like, I got all of the temperature and none of the
2: sun. I read it in a book, so it must be true. Mm.
0: What was did you write the book? No. Okay.
2: Anyway. <laughs> so
1: so let's do uh, let's do some follow up as the order of connected requires us to each and every week. Mm-hmm. We have some follow up uh Federico from a fellow countryman of yours, mm-hmm. um whose name is is beyond well, my capacity to pronounce. No,
2: no. Just try. Uh,
1: uh, Gi G- uh, Giacomo. <laughs>
2: Almost, Mike. Giacomo. No, it's Giacomo. Oh, ah! you were close. Almost, Stephen, Basically, was w- one thing that Americans always do when it, when they see this kind of word in Italian is they try to say "gia," but it's just "ja." You know, Gia. you don't yeah. say the "gia." Giacomo.
0: I was trying yeah. to be overly fancy and it came back. and.
2: Yeah, me. Mike, you almost sound like a French person. I don't know why
0: you're trying <laughs> to do that. <laughs> well, I guess I got that going for me. Yeah,
1: mm. The reference, case you won't get. So, um, this follow-up is really interesting and I thought um, it, it's sort of a crossover between Connected and Virtual, the video game show that you guys do. And so, assuming a future iPhone slash iPad will have Force Touch and the Taptic Engine, on the whole screen, which the rumors uh, as late as today and yesterday say the, the next iPhones will have. Would it be cool if they used it to simulate the feeling of a button press in games? With it, so you'd have a similar feeling uh, or feedback like pressing a physical button without having the actual button. Um,
0: uh, I don't know. So, about this. Um,
1: so yeah, I mean, I, so I've used haptic feedback turned on on Android phones. So often you can have it turned on on the keyboard. And the problem with this and the problem in my mind with force with force touch and haptic feedback on ios in general is that unless they have some magic that i don't know about i don't know how they make it feel localized like under your like under where you touch So, like if the phone just vibrates when you touch it that's not really like a button press it's just like the phone vibrated when you touched. Mm-hmm. it it's not a you know what I mean? Like it feels sort of disconnected yeah. from the action that caused it. Yeah. well on the watch, it's so small, that phenomenon doesn't take place.
0: Well, let's say that there was even some magic like where you could do that. So let's say you had a little circular area of the touchscreen that was the button. And if you pressed on that area, it felt like you tapped that area. It still doesn't actually help anything because yeah. the buttons are good because you can feel them before you <laughs> press them. Exactly. That's what's good about the buttons on a controller is your thumb or your fingers can find them and then you press them, like mm. without needing to look at where they are. And so it actually wouldn't really enhance the game experience in any way. It would, it, it all it would just feel like is you're pushing in on a touchscreen. Like it doesn't actually help with the problems that iOS platformers face. is like you don't know where the buttons are without looking at them.
2: Yeah, the, the the big part of uh, the game consoles is that you can rest your hands on the controller, and you can just buy memory alone. You can just play a game mm-hmm. if you know the controls. And and if Apple does this kind of haptic feedback on on iOS, uh, like I was thinking about uh, the possible implementations for video games, and I kept thinking, Mike, we discussed this game on virtual before. Uh, I envision like something like. Tear away on the PS Vita uh, which is the, the portable PlayStation console by Sony uh, there's a, like a, a, a rear touchpad in the in the back of the console and if you basically it's a touch enabled pad on the back and if you, in this game which is called tear away by Media Molecule it's an excellent game uh, if you try to basically press your finger against this touchpad uh, there's like a simulation on the screen and you see like a like a fake finger in the game, kind of reaching out from the back of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I mean, this kind of mechanic, right? That you have like this sense of pressure. Um, I mean the PS Vita doesn't doesn't have uh, any sort of haptic feedback but they kind of faked it with uh, touch alone and I think it's really well done and if if iOS gets this kind of feature with the next iPhone and the next iPad I I think that in beta games rather than trying to emulate the the feel of controllers for consoles we will we'll see this kind of games that like they let you press on objects and, like, environments inside the game through the touchscreen using haptic feedback as a sort of, I mean, feedback to, you know, let you know that you're actually pressing into the game. So I, I don't think it can be like a physical controller, but I think we yeah. will see new mechanics in, in video games and apps, of course.
0: Haptic feedback and the Taptic Engine will make the iPhone feel like an, an iPhone with a rumble pack. That's the closest that it will be, yeah you know, it will have it will feel like you know when you have a video game controller and it rumbles and vibrates and, and shakes the controller that's what it will be closer to rather than actually making it feel like buttons so the the game will be able to in theory will be able to shake the device or input that you make on the game shakes the device as opposed to it actually ever well not ever but at least in the near future being able to feel like. You are applying pressure to a specific point of the screen. That's how I see it. I mean, who knows what magic, but uh, yeah. I would be very surprised if that's what we got in a few months' time.
1: Yeah, I think that knowing what we know about how it works now, I mean, I've got a force touch uh trackpad on the SmackBook Pro that's like right here that I'm talking it to. And it um if you've used one, you know, it's definitely bigger than than the watch. But again, you don't have that sense of like location with it. That the whole thing just sort of clicks or vibrates under your finger, and it's not 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 quite the same. So I agree with it, with what you guys said. And even though my game experience isn't nearly what y'all's is, the rumble pack really that makes more sense to me than this sort of this sort of thing. But who knows? And and I mean, it will only evolve and get better. So maybe at some point they can they can do something uh, more interesting with it. So the, the remainder of the follow-up is about uh, Apple Music, which of course we're going to talk some more about uh, later on, but we had some follow-up from from last week. So, uh, listener Ryan wrote in, and uh, Ryan said, how many people actually need to listen slash continue to listen to Beats 1 on a regular basis uh, to help it attain a level of global connectedness? So we've talked a lot about, talked about it last week, people on Twitter saying, hey, I'm listening to this, what do you think about this? You know, Commenting on Beats 1 as it's happening, and and of course talked about radio and how that's a very old phenomenon and, and youngsters are just now rediscovering it. So I think Ryan's getting at it is like, it can't be to ever break out of just like the Apple community where like uh, if you think about maybe like my parents, um, you know, they grew up in a time where like you sat down and watched the evening news. I mean, I even did as a kid some like the evening news was on and then you go to work the next day and everybody saw the evening news. Like it truly was universally common that everyone knew what was going on with that specific thing. Um, can Beats 1 ever achieve that sort of thing?
0: I don't know if anything ever can in the same way because one of the reasons that like radio was so capturing of everyone is because it was one of the only entertainment mediums. Uh, and now we are over, like overwhelmed with entertainment mediums. You can just pick what medium you want and however you want to watch it and do it in your own way. Um, I think that there is a potential for it to do something that's like it, but it's never going to attain the status that radio in its heyday had. It just, just doesn't feel like it could be possible because if you want to have some light entertainment at 7 p.m. on a Sunday evening – you could watch a movie or you could watch the tv or you could watch netflix or hulu or you could play the playstation there are so many other things that are happening but what i have seen like you know it has been interesting as the the week has unfolded um every now and then i see people uh, talking about either things that are happening right now on beats or i saw them like you know there i'm there were tweets like an hour ago and i saw someone mention a song or mention a playlist or something like that so i think it is still happening but it's maybe a little bit too early days to see if it will continue but uh, i don't think it could ever achieve like the heady heights of radio
2: yeah Yeah, i mean i've been i've been trying to listen to zane uh, as much as possible you know depending on my schedule i feel like it's interesting to think about uh beats one uh when we think about uh the car and transportation in general and it feels to me that apple has a very big play when it comes to trying to control the listening experience in the car and 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 you see that with with a bunch of features like carplay and you know siri controls and apple music and all this integration with voice and siri and you know even the apple watch makes it easier to kind of you know, control whatever is being played by the iPhone in your car on your wrist. And I feel like, like I remember when I was younger, I would just uh, get in the car. My, my 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 parents were driving and they put on the radio just because it was easy to do so. And you didn't have to like to fiddle with the, like to choose. Uh... Back in the day, uh, my, my, my father didn't have a, a CD player. They, he had a, a cassette, a tape player in the car. And it was awful to, to, to press and hold the fast forward, uh, control because in, in the, in the music cassettes, you couldn't just go to a specific song. You had to kind of roll the tape and remember where you were. And so the radio was easier because you could program a bunch of different shows and you could just click a button to go to that show and there would be somebody who would put on music for you. And I feel like Compared to today, the problem, like, the technology is different. The amount of media is different, but the problem is still the same. We have so many songs available. We have so many entertainment options, like you said, Mikey. You, I mean, you can even sit back in the car and just watch a YouTube video on your phone. Um, but we have so many options that maybe every once in a while, in a while, it, it is nice to kind of press, a button and there's someone who takes care of entertainment for you, and in this case, it's music. But I agree, it's it's, I, I, it's difficult to imagine with all these options that radio is gonna be huge, like the the default way of being entertained over you know radio with audio and music again. But it is nice with all these services you know we can stream all these songs we can search, we can have playlists we can go to youtube and uh, vivo channels we can play video games we can do all this stuff uh but maybe sometimes you just wanna you just want to have someone else take care of that for you I don't know
1: no, I think that's fair, and I think that um it is an interesting question of of what. Know what it would take to be truly that that the heights of of older media.
0: I guess it'll be interesting to see if it truly is worldwide always on beats
2: one. It's kind of always on. It's kind of worldwide. Kind of. It's kind of live also worldwide. <laughs> worldwide, yeah, it is worldwide. Uh,
0: it's worldwide. Okay.
2: Yeah, it That's is.
1: what the the next piece of follow up is about. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay. you guys have access to the same document I have. It's crazy. No.
2: Oh, wow. Telepathy, yeah. I guess. I
1: can see your little faces up there on the top of the Google That's not me. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> must
2: be someone else.
1: Uh, so, uh, man, the names this week, or are, 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 um, the struggle... Janos. 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 It's, it's, a it's like J. a
2: Spanish Jason. So
1: Spanish Jason writes in, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd like to know what your experience uh, about the Beats 1 schedule is. I find it frustrating because I don't understand... Uh, how they fail to integrate the schedule with any sort of calendar, calendaring or reminder feature. I'd like to check out some of my shows and want my device to alert me when a specific show is on so I can catch it in my time zone. Um, so what do you guys, what do you guys think about this? I've not spent much time at all yeah. with Beats One, so I will leave mm-hmm. this to the two of you to discuss.
0: Yeah, I can't believe there's not push notifications for shows. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Spanish. Jason has uh, has, as a point. It does. I mean, you can you can tap on the on the beats one artwork on on iOS, and you see kind of a schedule, but But it only shows like the next
0: like ten or eleven hours. Like
2: I wanna I wanna go there and say okay, next Wednesday at my four p.m. in Rome. What am I gonna be able to listen to? You know that kind of calendar. you cannot do that. I mean, you can kind of, I guess, listen worldwide always on and trying to make a note, uh, because they kind of pre-announce shows, and you can also use Twitter to kind of uh, stay on top of the of the programs coming 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 onto to beats one. Uh, but yeah, I was surprised actually to... I mean, at least like, like a calendar file that you download and you keep on your device that would have been would have been nice.
0: Yeah, yeah, but uh, like a calendar. Uh, a better at least twenty four hours in in the app and push notifications for your favorite shows like that that feels like that should be in here um, and I'd like to think that these are things that. They will add. I mean, but it's, it's again, it's that old thing. It's like well, until you really know how people are interacting with a service, is like when you'll understand. Because it's not even so they replay shows. They have like twelve hours of content, but they don't they don't play the shows every twelve hours. So like Elton John's Rocket Hour, which was amazing by the way, uh, it was broadcast at first at three a.m. London time and then two p.m. London time. Like so, you can't even guess that. Like you know, it's just like, it's like
2: a random number.
0: <laughs> do you know how I found that? I had I went to EltonJohn dot com, and it was and they would written a blog post about it, talking about how this isn't a podcast; <laughs> it can only be listened to when it's live. Um, why,
2: why Why do they choose those times? It's like a bingo machine for schedules. I know,
0: I know, and then they, they have the Tumblr, right? But the Tumblr again only shows like a limited amount of time into the future it's diff- it is it's really difficult to to try and work it out and they if they really want people to tune in to different radio shows which they clearly do because otherwise they wouldn't have all of these cool people um they need to get better about this because the playlists that they have are great so you can you can search in like the search tab uh for a specific host of any show and you can go to the connect page and it has playlists that are put up maybe like a day or so after the show airs of the tracks that they played but it, you don't get the stories and that yeah. was one of my favorite bits about Aunt john's shows he was talking about like um how him and brandon flowers are friends and he was he would talk about like a specific artist and why he thought that they were a really cool artist that kind of thing which again like my whole reason for why i was so excited about this and i've been talking about it like non-stop on upgrade about how excited i've been about this show is that elton john is a huge music guy um and it really came through in his show and and oh, i loved it i just loved it check out the playlist I'll, I'll find a link for the playlist and i'll put it in the show notes because the playlist itself is just great but um that is one i would say definitely definitely look out for if you can because uh, yeah i think and, uh... it's just going to continue to be awesome
2: And, like, um, also about the story that you don't get with the playlists, uh, St. Vincent's uh, mixtape delivery service. Yep. I thought that was really cute. And, and the, yeah, because uh, she calls a fan, right? That's yeah. That's how it works. You can go to her f- Facebook page and you kind of submit uh, an application of sorts. Like you like you describe how music... I think uh, I read an article about this. You describe how music and a mixtape uh, could like make your life better at this point of your life and why. And so I think like yesterday's episode was about... Uh, uh, a girl, an American girl who just graduated from college, and she was on a road trip with her grandmother, who's a truck driver. <laughs> totally
0: awesome. Wow. Uh, See, yeah. this is the thing, right? Now, they're creating all this great content, but you've got to make it so people know when to tune into it. Um, and whilst I would like there to be just podcasts of it or whatever, I get why there isn't. And there's, there's something that's quite nice about the fact that they don't exist in that way. You have like two or three attempts to listen to them. Um, but they need to make it so I can at least know in good advance, maybe a day or two in advance when they're going to play. And when they do come on, I, I want to be notified about it in case I've forgotten so I don't have to add it to my calendar. Like there is now an entry in my calendar for 2pm every Tuesday for Elton John. And I'm expect- expecting that that's when it will be broadcast every week, but I literally have no idea. So work to do, but yeah, work to do.
1: So speaking of, you know, uh, content that is repeatable and you can listen to it on your own, podcasts are sort of like a quarter step into the Apple music universe. So there, there are several links in the show notes, uh, one from a Reddit thread, uh, one from Twitter, uh, about people for instance you can you can love a podcast in itunes um but that's kind of just doesn't go anywhere it seems it, it's mm-hmm. it's a little confusing and maybe we're seeing some stuff that apple didn't mean to show maybe eventually you can recommend podcast or you know like them say hey i like connected and upgrade you would probably like debug and debug would you know show up in for you for instance Uh i'm i am excited about this as someone who uh now makes their living on podcasts that you know oh yeah having, you do having having that discover discoverability and I think it would be interesting. Um but it seems not even half baked yet. <laughs> so it's
2: especially interesting when you consider that Apple bought uh the, the company swell, I think it's mm-hmm. called, last year for like thirty million million dollars according to TechCrunch. Um and this was a like a like an iPhone app that uh kinda the curation for Uh, podcast episodes kind of like beats music for radio programs and podcasts and it's interesting when you consider like it's one thing to to recommend an album or a song because you know the history of music can you really do the same for podcasts do you know the history of podcasts like if mike makes a joke on connected do you have the knowledge to recommend a show where the same joke was made by Mike two months ago. Like, it's different when, when we talk about curation for, for this kind of stuff, right? And, like, if Apple really wants to control also this space, right, to make uh, intelligent recommendations for podcasts, do you, like, look at descriptions? So do you recommend shows, and episodes, not just entire shows, but episodes, each morning, like for people who commute or maybe drive and want to listen to a podcast, do you recommend a single episode depending on the description, what the the topics they cover? Do you have a team of people listening to podcasts all day long? That sounds like a terrible job, especially if, you, if your hey. job is to listen. I mean, it's not like I don't like you. It's just that sometimes you're too much, you know? Hmm. I mean, can you imagine like listening to yourself a- as a job for like five days a week? It's kind a- of what I do, though. What I but, do, I listen to Mike five days a week. Yeah, but that's just living your life. Can you can you imagine living your life as someone else? You know, <laughs> like there's a person in Cupertino whose job is to listen to Mike all day long. Uh, like, I, I so mean, there are
0: people that listen to the submissions for new shows. Every single episode. They, list, they check out every podcast that's submitted to iTunes. What do you mean by check, check out? So every time somebody submits a brand new podcast to iTunes, so they say, I want to have a podcast on the iTunes store. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. That is listened to by a human before it is allowed to be submitted into the so iTunes. Only store the iTunes. first episode. Only the first episode.
2: Mm-hmm. So There's yeah. that at least. I don't know. It's the entire concept of doing curation for podcasts sounds... I don't know. There's something that I don't get. Like... I
0: don't think that they bought this company for podcasts. Yeah, I feel like they bought know. them
2: for their technology to use it on music. Probably. I don't know. The idea is interesting, right? Because if my interests are, I don't know, technology and video games, you can kind of serve me with episodes that talk about that kind of stuff. But is that any different from just making my own list of podcasts and just picking the episodes that I want to listen to? I don't know. Podcasts are not like music. So curation, if it's really a thing that's going to happen, uh, it's going to be different, obviously. So I don't know.
1: We will see uh, see how that goes. I mean, I agree with you. The curation stuff is is potentially harder, but... Um, I know, like, in Overcast, you know, you can, you can recommend an episode. And I find a lot of good shows to check out mm-hmm. uh, based on that. And so I think there was something there. I agree with you. It might not be to the same, like, level of detail that, that it is in music. But um, we'll see how it goes. You know, someone, someone else just chimed in, I think, in the chat room, that you can also like movies and TV shows. So it may just be that iTunes got really happy with the the love action and it's just everywhere and you can love anything you want but it doesn't really mean anything. So this might not actually mean anything, but I thought it was interesting to talk about um as the three of us uh podcast
0: and, and do that sort of thing for a living. So and it, and some, when somebody loved one of our shows it beach board iTunes.
1: That seems mm-hmm. about right, honestly. Uh I wasn't even gonna mention <laughs> it. I just assume when we talk about iTunes people know that beach balling is uh what's going on. So
2: can you actually love iTunes itself?
1: No. As an iTunes yeah. user, <laughs> that's I, do, right? I do really like the new icon, though. I know that's controversial. I love the new icon. I
2: love it. Yeah, I love oh, no, it. Someone said... So cool. Making uh, a confession, we all love the icon. What's going on here?
0: I think I saw somebody say that it kind of looks like, uh, you know, when there's like oil in water and it has that like... Ring yeah. Ring oh, it.
2: yeah. Is, there a, is there a German word for that?
0: Oil in water? Yeah, probably.
2: Like schaden Euland? I don't know. <laughs> It's probably his one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, so... Um... <laughs> Let me
1: take a break. i about to take please. a break. Please,
0: please. This week's episode is brought to you by lynda.com, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. You can grab yourself a free 10-day trial or visit lynda.com slash Connected. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash connected. Lynda.com is for people that want to learn awesome stuff and who want to be taught by top experts. These top experts, who have a, they are super passionate about teaching and they are there on hand to teach you whatever you want to learn. Maybe you want to learn design. Maybe you want to, want to learn development. Maybe you want to learn photography or business skills, marketing skills. The list goes on and on and on. Lynda.com is here to help you solve problems. It's here to help feed your curious, more mind and make things happen to you maybe you want to learn software products maybe you want to learn how to use your camera better basically you pick it lynda.com has a course on it and the best way to find this out for yourself is to go and take advantage of that free trial and whilst you're there you'll be able to stream any of the thousands of video courses on demand and you can learn at your own schedule at your own pace and I know that you're just going to love the content that you find because their courses are really greatly produced and they're broken down and structured into such a way that you can enjoy them from start to finish or consume them in just bite-sized chunks you're able to also create and save playlists of the favorite courses and pieces that you like and you can customize your own learning path and share this with people like friends, colleagues and or team members as well if you want to. You can even watch and download courses to your Android or iOS device to allow you to learn wherever you want to learn. Your Lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, you just want to learn something new. I want you to go and visit lynda.com slash connected. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash connected. And sign up for your free 10-day trial. Thank you so much, lynda.com, for their support of this show. Sweet. So you had some news this week. I did. I was talking to Federico. He had a really great espresso. Yeah. Do you want to tell me about the
2: espresso? Well, it was really creamy, Uh uh, especially today, you know, because of the heat. I think the reaction between the heat and the coffee beans makes for a better espresso, you know. Uh, I also, like, I was drinking uh, my espresso and I was, like, casually scrolling my Twitter client. Mm -hmm. I was like, like, I came across this guy, this Steven guy. He's like, I'm going India. I'm like, whatever. Uh, So, you know. Congratulations,
0: uh, Steven. We're so happy for you.
1: Thanks. Do you uh, want to tell I, the people that might not know what we're talking about? I can really just think about Federico's, the way he very centrally described
0: his <laughs> coffee me espresso. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, so there's there's two links in the show notes. Mike, where could people find these show notes?
0: Relay.fm slash connected slash 47. Ooh, those numbers are
1: getting high. So, yeah, so at the end of uh, July, I will be... Uh, leaving my nine to five job it's actually interesting i got a lot of emails from people saying i didn't know you had a job like they thought i was just doing this full time already
0: Uh, you're just a podcasting hobo
1: yeah it feels (laughs) like it um yeah so i'll be joining uh the two of you actually in independent content creator (coughs) trademark
2: wow so Uh, fancy
1: life i hate that i hate everything about that phrase so so yeah I'll be working on relay and 512 and some freelance stuff all right for the Sweet setup and uh could be bring an, an I or some so yeah so I'll, I'll be joining that world of people who um, work for themselves which is very exciting and uh you know I've been in this a long time 512 pixels will turn seven this year so it's 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 been a slow burn but um it's uh it's here and I'm excited and it's gonna
2: be a lot of fun Mm -hmm. so it's uh, like i want to ask you like sounds like a joke but it's not trying to be serious here uh with all this content creation that you're gonna do uh and especially you know moving from a day job to working from home and trying to be independent and all that have you thought about like the disruption of your schedule like how you're gonna organize all the things that you do how you're gonna work and trying to set boundaries and all that that kind of stuff
1: yeah it's it's Actually, been a, a a large part of what I've been doing the last couple of weeks. Um, so right now, I work nine to five, ish, and then I podcast in the evenings, or I take care of Relay stuff. Like I do all you know a good bit of the admin work for Relay. That's happening after hours or on weekends, and so obviously that stuff will shift uh, to the day, which is great. But I have been thinking a lot about what does it mean to to work on all these different things? And I don't want to be in the situation I'm in now where uh, basically I just work seven days a week, uh, some days, like 12 hours a day. Obviously... I don't quite know how it's going to work out. I'm sure things that I will say today will be hilariously inaccurate in a year or in
0: three weeks, even. You're going to work so much more you don't even know. No, I know. <laughs> I know I will still work those hours. Um, <laughs> you have
2: no idea what you're throwing yourself yeah. into. Yeah, <laughs> so so today
1: Mike
0: and I had a phone call earlier and he was like, yeah, I have a list of things for you to do. I was like, oh. Because um, oh, so, since since Stephen made the decision, he's been thinking about how am I going to structure my day and I've been thinking about what are all the jobs I can give him. <laughs> yeah. So the the big thing
1: for me is just going to be uh, keeping up with my time, and so uh, I've already moved to this somewhat. But having like lots of like if I am working on um, you know relay admin time takes you know x number of hours a week, and having that on the schedule as you know relay admin time from three to five, and and having things tracked in a way where not only I know what's going on, but if something comes in. Uh, you know, if I get an invite to do something or something changes at the last minute, I'm not accidentally overriding anything else. I think it's going to be important because I'm not just doing Relay. I'm doing these other things as well. So I think that calendar bit is going to be, be important. And I've always been a big calendar user. Um, so that, that's not like a new workflow for me, but it will be something that, you know, I explore a little bit more. And then, you know, relying on OmniFocus. We, we spoke about it a while back. You know, we all three of us at some point were using Todoist and for me I just needed something a little bit uh, a little bit more structure. So, I'll be working uh, inonomy focus to help reflect my new responsibilities a little bit better, but but really trying to keep up with when things are due, when I'm going to be doing them and um just staying on top of it. I think there's still going to be a lot of moving pieces and I don't want anything to fall between the cracks. What about the iPad? So the iPad's interesting, and we're going to talk about iOS 9, I think, a little bit today, if if not today, definitely next week. Uh, I see the iPad becoming uh, more useful, uh, potentially, in some of that scheduling and, and task management stuff. So I will be working from home, but I will also I'm also setting up a space um, where my my brother works for himself as well, and he has some office space, and I'm actually sitting in it right now. I've been recording in his office space for several months now, and so I also will be here several days a week because we have young kids there at home. Um, and I, I can't record at home anymore. Writing at home can be difficult sometimes. So I will be two places and, and sort of in between. And so I think, um, obviously I will have my MacBook pro and that will still, I think continue to be my main machine, but I think the iPad will be able to pick up some slack in, um, some of that, like, Hey, I'm just gonna uh, just take one machine and and do my scheduling and stuff on it. And, um, I've been using it more and more for research for articles, not writing on it as much as you do Federico, but I think that will continue to grow as well. Like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, read up on these things we're going to talk about and, and do it in a little more relaxed way, as a, as opposed to right now where I'm cramming that stuff in, uh, while trying to, you know, steal time from work or do, do a lot of things at once. So but we'll nice. see. I, I already iOS nine has made my iPad more attractive to me as a, as a multi-purpose tool, like having, um, uh, is having like Safari and notes open <laughs> and be able to read and like take notes on stuff. It's a game changer. Um, and it's still just in beta. So uh, I hope, and I expect that the iPad will become more important. Um, and those sort of tasks, not so much of a, I'm going to, you know, write a big, a big article on it. Definitely not going to record on it, obviously, but having that as a, as a more, um, civilized weapon, I think will be
0: good. So I was wanted to mention, your T-shirt again. Uh, yes, please. Steve, Steven is selling a T-shirt at teespring.com slash 512px. It's currently, as we record right now, 151 of these sold. And this is a really great thing because it's going to just give him a little bit of a kick. And it's also to help show your support for him. Uh, here's something that I would really love the listeners of Connected to be able to do. So we're at
2: 151 All right, all right. Let's do this. How do I buy this T-shirt? Go to Um,
0: teespring.com slash 512px. You choose the style right. that you want, Federico. Now. We have a Teespring Premium, Teespring Perfect. Women's Premium, or Hanes 6.1 Long okay. Sleeve. You get a long sleeve action okay. in there.
1: My wife wanted a long sleeve shirt, so I added okay.
0: it. I think I'm a, okay, I'm a man. So. That's pretty cool, actually. I didn't um, see the long sleeve one. Maybe right I'll buy now. one of these. So you click the big Checkout. Buy it Now button, and you fill out all the information. Federico, don't read your address on air. But this is what I want to task the listeners of connected with. When we sold our Connected t-shirt earlier on this year, we sold 211 of them. I want you all to buy this shirt and we end up with more of these sold than we did the Connected t-shirt.
2: Okay, I'm, I'm about to place my order. Stephen. Are you
0: buying a hundred of them? Because if you are, we're done.
2: Oh, man, I, uh...
0: Can you just buy a
2: hundred? Just Bill, Stephen.
1: Not, no, no, that's from, not the way that what works. Kind of questions. Not can I buy
2: 100? Of course, I can buy 100 <laughs> t shirts, but what, what do I do? Can I sell them back, like here in Rome? Like a black market of Steven's t shirts? That could be an idea.
1: It becomes your Steve Jobs outfit.
0: <laughs> Go to the Coliseum and just hand them out to people in the Coliseum. No, I'm just going to buy one. I'm sorry, Steven.
2: Um, so, uh, okay, it's the black one. Uh, um I do yeah think she did my, a
0: color but I understand. That's
2: my address. That's my address here. Um there's a green so uh, if you uh, listeners of the show there's a green place your order thing at the bottom you just click it. You got to click the and place your order button. Basically there's like there's a, there's a progress bar in the browser and then thank you and there's a smiley face with Steven. No, not really. There's just like a thank you message. And yeah, please go support my friend Steven because he's awesome and he's going indie and we do love indie guys and girls and everybody. We do love indie in general. So, yep. Steven is kind of okay as a person. <laughs> no, he He deserves at least a, yeah, at least at a t-shirt,
0: you know, at least a t-shirt. Maybe at but. most $20, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't
2: have paid more. No, like,
1: no, no way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was feeling so, so warm and fuzzy. And now this is, the,
2: this is the best pitch ever, by the way. If you ever <laughs> need me to pitch your t-shirts to the public, you, like it's okay, get in touch with me.
0: T-shirts as a service, Tass. You have bought
2: <laughs> multiple pieces
1: of clothing on air over the years. Yeah. Like this is not thing. the first it's time a, we've done this. It's kind, of, it's
2: kind of a fetish that I have. I like to buy things on air. Well, I don't know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's
1: good. No, thank you guys. The um the t shirt income is 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 nice and like Mike said, it's a little bit of a jump start. Uh and uh so yeah, thank it's that's very kind of the two of you. Oh by the way and, see um, well,
2: the order is gonna be here by my birthday. I know, I planned I, that. Can, thank you, <laughs> I guess.
1: Uh it's been fun and you know a lot of people have like i my email is crazy a lot of email lots of tweets um lots of messages like thank you like uh when i announced this on on monday i actually had to like close tweet bot because i was at work like the irony of this is I, I this was all set up to pre-launch like had everything scheduled and um i was actually in a meeting at work and all of a sudden like just tweet bot and email just going crazy i'm like oh i'm like because I'm still at my job like I have to close all this <laughs> uh, I came back later and read through everything so um, I was absolutely flattered and
2: uh, overwhelmed just, I'm just trying to picture you calling your wife and saying hey I'm famous on the internet <laughs> yeah finally I No, but seriously that sounds awesome Stephen you deserve all the I mean I, I've been telling you to, to do this and I'm just so happy and and Mike too we're just so happy and you know kind of relieved because we kind of want you to do this so yep. yeah, yeah.
0: And, and i'm i'm just very happy that we'll be able <laughs> yeah. to both put more and more time into our growing company and then that yeah. that excites me
2: and you do things on the ipad so you know i'm also happy <laughs> that's what federico needed yeah yeah so i needed one more yeah. person to convert to the to the ipad side yeah
1: i do think that the workflow conversation is interesting and one i would like to uh, readdress at some point. I know Mike, you and Jason have talked about that on upgrade a good bit. Cause Jason just did this um, like nine months ago or so, nine, 10 months ago. And it is an interesting transition. I, I don't want to be um, too like retrospective about it on the air, but it, it is weird. And, and at the same time, like the, the, what I do day to day, like it's all technology driven. And so it's, it's applicable, I think to this show in a lot of ways um, because, you know, these devices I like to say um, if people like are overwhelmed with computers or stuff, you know, like having this conversation is like, this It's just a tool. Like it's just here to make uh, whatever task is at hand, you know, easier and and in some cases possible. So I think the way we use them in our jobs is, it's a very interesting topic. And I think one to tie back to iOS nine, like one, I think the Apple's interested in, like they're making the iPad more useful to do work on for a lot of different types of people. And I think that's I think that's great. And um yes, thank you guys, thank you listeners. Uh not possible without your uh support and, and faith in us. So
0: anyways. I just wanted to offer a piece of uh iPad follow up for Federico.
2: Oh, what did I do?
0: I no, no, it's nothing that you've done. Okay. i I've, I've been using yeah. my iPad every day. Hmm. Tell me more. Um, so I'm I'm I tend to be just doing things like reading Twitter and stuff, and I maybe do a little bit of email or share research and things like that on it. But like the more I use it, the more I'm like, oh man, just please let me have my third-party apps in this split view. You. you know, yeah. I, I can yeah. feel it. I could just feel yeah. it. You know. Yeah. And also like um, the Notes app, mm-hmm. right? That share mm-hmm. extension mm-hmm. is pretty good, right? I mean, and I know that there are some other apps that do it, like Drafts does it. Like yeah, you, but it's not as visual, right? Yeah, I get, I totally get what you mean. And like when so, you save
2: links, it's so nice.
0: So I'm, uh, you know, I'm thinking like that could be a really nice way to do the show follow up. So then I'm thinking like ah, but I don't want to start using the notes app until I'm like on the beta on my phones. And I'm like, do I want to go to the beta on the phone yet? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying. I'm very much enjoying using the iPad, and I do, I do like using an iPad that has a bigger screen. I've decided. So, just doing the traditional flip flopping on the iPad. Yeah. No, the
1: Notes app is really good. I'm the same way, Mike. Like Beta three is out today. I'm like, I wonder if I could put in my phone for notes, and then I'm like, oh well, I'm on my Mac a lot. Maybe I should go to El Capitan. Like, because of like notes of all things, uh, which I have made fun of for years, and
0: it's still <laughs> yes. that UI is terrible. Like, why? Why is it still yellow? Yeah. see but, I don't um... know if I would be able to use it every day though, and look at the crushed paper.
2: Yeah, that's yeah, that's the gruesome. that's the joke, right? That's the comic relief feature. It's like <laughs> it's there on purpose to like when you're when you're bored, like when you're working on a document and you really don't want to, you just look at the texture. And you're like, oh yeah, that's really funny. So you can continue to do work.
0: It's like, hey guy, I'm not a serious thing. I'm I'm fun work, fun work. You know, look at me.
1: That's my same problem with reminders, which is not powerful enough for me anymore. But. Like, it's the stupid slang tabs that fly around. Like, I have no idea how to get from one list to another because they all <laughs> just blew away in the in the wind. Like, uh, why is the UI the way oh, it is? Oh, man, that
0: would be great, the, right? If you could the, just blow the, into the microphone and then they yeah, all scatter it's, like, it's like
1: index cards, like, scattering across the desk. Like, well, I guess I don't have anything else to do because they're all over there on the floor.
2: The thing about Reminders <laughs> is that it's still a terrible app in many ways, the UI, <laughs> the texture. But, I mean... It is terrible, right? I mean, I don't know who's working on reminders. There must be like an intern in a closet just <laughs> making the app. But anyway, there's this feature that that I really like in iOS 9. And that Siri, you can say, remind me about this. And whether it's a podcast episode, that was one of my radars, by the way, whether it's a web page in Safari or an email message. So anything you're looking at, it can turn into a reminder and especially for emails that's really nice because if i get a message and i need to do something about that message in like in 3 days but i don't want to keep that message in my inbox for 3 days i can just say remind me about this on monday and when it's monday i don't need to search for the message i don't need to keep the message in my inbox i don't need to use something like same box and you know all these are the solutions that are great you know like also outlook has a similar feature and i do like these features But in most cases, I do want to keep a clean inbox. And in this way, I can just say, remind me. And when the time is, uh, you know, when when I need to act on it, I can just tap the mail icon in in the reminder and I'm taken into the message with a deep link. And that's such a great feature, but it's the reminders app. And so it's like a, you know, like a great feature with a terrible, Background, so I don't know. It's like you eat a tiramisu, and when you get to the bottom, there's like nothing, you know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> not really dark so often. <laughs> yeah, <It's, laughs> well, those it's, that I eat? It's 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 weird. Just uh, yeah. This week's episode of Connected is brought to you by Fracture. Fracture is a really great company with a super cool product. Fracture is transforming the way that people print and display their favorite images, and they do it in a way that I really love and I think is super special. A trillion photos, believe it or not, will be taken in 2015, and Fracture is there to help rescue some of your favorite photos and help you display them in a beautiful way in your home. It's really simple. You go to FractureMe.com, you upload a picture... They will make an amazing print of your photo. But this isn't like... You're not going to get a piece of paper in a tube all wrapped up into a little tube and sent out to you. You're going to get your picture printed directly onto a piece of glass. This doesn't look like a picture that's framed either. This looks like something completely different. It is absolutely fantastic. It's like some kind of magic. I love fracture prints. You get this lovely piece of glass that has your image printed directly onto it and it looks just amazing i have a bunch of fracture prints of my own i have some of some podcast artwork i have some of some friends that have done for me i've bought some steven i bought you a fracture do you remember it's true if it's the uh relay logo it's it's it's, uh above my desk and you have some fractures of your own i remember seeing them in your home yeah
1: we've got uh, a big one in uh, our bedroom of our two oldest kids and we have various ones of, of the kids um the square ones which are great like you can just take an instagram photo and it it's already square
0: it looks they're so great, they make great gifts. We
1: really love them at our
0: house. So because fracture prints, they don't they they Give, they've got their own kind of thing about them. It's like I call them fracture prints because they don't really feel like photos in a frame or like pictures on a piece of paper. It feels like something completely different. It's a really, really awesome process. It's super simple to order. They package them really well. I've had them shipped from Florida where they're made. They're all hand-checked for quality by their team there. It's a very small team in Florida. I have them. Ma- they're made there and they are shipped all the way to England. I've had like six or seven shipped here. Not a problem with any of them. They put them in these. these, Believe it. They come in these great cardboard boxes. They're nicely protected with foam. It's really cool. They put everything you need in the box. So if you want to mount it on the wall, they'll give you all the screws and stuff you need. But the smaller ones, they also you can also get them to come with a little stand as well. You can get your fracture prints in five different rectangle sizes that go all the way up to 21 by 28 inch. And they also have three square sizes that are perfect for Instagram shots, like Stephen mentioned, but also stuff like album covers and app icons and artwork of podcasts and music and stuff like that, which is really cool. Fracture prints, they make great gifts for family and friends as well as just having some photos that you love displayed in your own home. And they start at just $15, so they're not going to break the bank. But furthermore, you can grab yourself 10% off your first order with the code CONNECTED and it will also help support this show. So go to FractureMe.com to get started and use the code CONNECTED for 10% off. Thank you so much to Fracture for their support of this show.
1: So we have some more Apple Music conversation. We've been spending more time with it. There've been lots of uh, opportunities to use it and to break it and to love it and to hate it. Uh, how are you guys feeling a, a week, uh, a week more into this thing?
2: I really like it myself, but there's a bunch of things that are driving me crazy. But yep. I also know that those things, like they can be fixed relatively quickly. And I think the big picture like, excites me, but those <laughs> problems are really, like, they annoy me right now. I know that in the big picture of things, they don't matter when once they're fixed, but they're kind of clouding my judgment right now. Uh, like, sometimes I cannot tap into the related artists and because the app just basically stops working and I need to quit the app and relaunch it or there's like multiple ways to share a song or a station or an album and I, I don't know why there's multiple menus the contextual menu is still too tall even on the 6 plus it's just huge it's like a giant it's the entire screen sometimes. it's like a giant staring down at me while I'm listening to music and it's <laughs> like it makes me anxious every time I open this menu it's like whoa like slow down you know and <laughs> Here's something that drives me crazy with the
0: contextual menu, right? So I went in because uh, I have my library, right? So and my library was full up uh, with old iTunes purchases that I didn't want to see anymore. So as I was going through, there's a couple of things you can do. If if a, a an old purchase of yours is available in Apple Music, you have to hit the button remove from music or something like that remove from apple music or whatever or if it's just been like iTunes matched right and it's just been uploaded and then re-downloaded you have to hit the button that says delete but those two buttons are in different places depending on so like if if you hit like if you hit the one and remove from music it's like maybe the third from the top and delete is like the second from the bottom and it's just like i don't why? Why are they in different places? <laughs> Why can't they just be in the same place? Because like, I'm going through and I'm like, delete. Oh, no, wait, no, this one's up here. And it's like, oh, just, oh. Yeah.
2: yeah. The iTunes Match integration was really messy for me. Um,
0: yeah, I saw you tweeting about, like, blowing it all away.
2: Yeah, so here's what happened. Uh, before Apple Music, I was an iTunes Match subscriber. And I had, like, all my Oasis discography in there. Uh, like a bunch of albums from Block Party, Maximo Park, all these indie bands that I, I had the, the, the discographies a bunch of years ago, and I I, I don't know why, but I decided to put them on iTunes Match. Probably because I was testing iTunes Match, and I thought, yep, maybe I'm gonna keep them on iTunes Match, and I'm gonna migrate to Apple Music, and everything's gonna be fine. Well, everything was not gonna be fine because basically I ended up with with all these albums in the iCloud Music Library. But if I went to Apple Music and I didn't remember that a particular album was already in my library, I could see the plus icon to add it to my library. So I was like, okay, yeah, it's strange that I don't have this album already. Oh. So when I went back to my library, the album was there, only it was twice, you know? Twice yeah, the album, that. twice the music. So...
0: But like in one, I had it like, so I in one album, album and the songs are all doubled or tripled.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so in one album, doing? like <laughs> number one and then number one and the number one. It's I like three that, number ones. So I'm like, why? And so I Googled and I looked on Twitter and it was a very common problem. So they, they basically say that there's this integration, you know, all your music all in one place. But it's not really intelligent because it doesn't really match. You know, it doesn't really match the music you have with the music that's on Apple Music. And I kind under, of understand the design deci- the design decision. Like, it's your album and you put it there, but we also have the same album in Apple Music. But if that's the reasoning behind this, the implementation is totally wrong. So it makes me think that it's a bug. If, if it's not a bug, if it's a feature, well, it's really dumb. And so I, because I cannot fight, you know, silliness... Uh, Without getting angry, I just decided to take the shortcut and I just wiped to my iTunes match. And I added back all the albums from Apple Music. And I'm still going through this process. But like I told you, I never actually browse my library. I mostly just use Siri or, or I search. So it's no big deal for me. But I can imagine, like, for people who are used to start listening to music every day by going to the library, like, sitting down, okay, here's my library, I want to listen to some music, I go to ABC, and you know, all the alphabet, the scrubber on the right, and then you pick the, the artist and you start listening. For those people, it's going to be a mess. <laughs> if you use iTunes Match, I'm sad, I'm sorry, and it's just the way it is. Uh, Myself, I can just wipe my, my iTunes Match clean and you know, but th- those other people—it's gonna be a problem. That's probably why so m- so many people are so upset about you know iTunes, especially on the desktop and Apple Music. Like going through this experience that I didn't that I didn't uh, have last week uh, made me realize even more why there's more people like Steven out there. Uh, so I mm-hmm. kind of get your perspective more. Um, But yeah, that bug was crazy. Uh, Other things that I don't like, you know, uh, I don't think the interface is confusing. That's one of the big themes going around. So there's some parts of the interface I don't understand, like the the sharing menus, you know, a bunch of interesting icons. Uh, The controls could be a little better. But overall, like the main pages or the navigation, or, you know, all the, the the photographs for the artists, for the playlists, I do think they kind of bring a, some style, some, it feels trendy, you know, it feels yeah, like young it. as an app. It, it makes it lively. And, and, and I don't think it, it is overall a mess. There's some stuff that they need to polish and clean up a little bit, but, Stephen, I know that you strongly disagree with me here, so please tell me your angle.
1: I I think just, uh, I said last week, I mean, overall, I think there's just a lot of opportunity for confusion as to what your music is is doing, and I think it's only compounded. Like, they've had some, some bugs with iTunes. Like, you guys were talking about, like, the duplication. Um, some people had, like, their metadata scrambled, which uh, is terrifying to me. I think all that's fixable. Like I totally agree with you Federico, like it is all um something that they can they can work on over time and improve and I would hope that they start on that sooner rather than later.
2: But I don't know, it's just Here's a question that I want to ask you both. Um, would it be better to have a perfectly designed and functioning Apple Music With perfect sharing menus, perfect contextual menus, you know, no bugs, no weird sharing system, all these perfect features, but in a very obvious music player with no human curation, no beats one, no connect, or is it preferable to have like a new kind of vision with some initial bugs? I'm happy with what we got Uh... in that
0: scenario. I'm happy with what we got. Because Uh, um, I don't um... find the UI confusing either, but there are parts of it that I think need to be tidied up. Um, But I I think it's one of those things, like I've learned how to use it, and I feel pretty good about how to use it, and it's fine for me. But there are things that get that frustrate me that need to be fixed, and a lot of those are stuff that you've mentioned, Federico. But I don't find the overall interface to be confusing. Like I go in, I either search for what I want, or I grab something out of my library, or what I do most of the time is I go to the For You tab, and there's always a new playlist that is always instantly exciting to me, and I just press play on it.
1: I mean, I, I think you can live in a world I think Apple will get there where you can have things like Connect and these other features and UI mm-hmm. UX be Oh yeah more clear. Like but I But I, I don't think the... you
0: can get that at the start. I really don't. I think it's too difficult to to try and yeah, build something the... that's perfect in all scenarios because people use things in different ways.
2: Uh, um, maybe. Yes, I would um, you disagree. I'm so happy. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean it's 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 I guess it's a fair like from both perspectives, it's fair because maybe like like I'm trying to guess, Mike, maybe like Mike and I, you would prefer to have new ways to listen to music and some bugs that are not a deal breaker. But maybe there's also people like Steven are like, yeah, I really don't want my iTunes metadata to be, you know destroyed and all these other stuff. I think it really depends where you're coming from initially. Like, me and
0: Federico want these new ways, so, like, we're happy with a trade-off. But if somebody doesn't want those new ways specifically, they're more frustrated and it doesn't work the way that they want. Like, is that fair to say? Am I I speaking fairly for you, Stephen?
1: Yes, I think so. Um, And I'm not, like, I haven't washed my hands about music. I mean, I still have my trial. I'm just not currently using it. Um... Like I said last week too, like I am not like I don't really enjoy like listening to a playlist of a bunch of artists that I've never heard. Like I, I, that sort of music uh, introduction and it's just not this doesn't work for me for whatever reason. And so part of that's lost on me just because of the way that I like and and listen and explore music, but. I I do think they'll get there. I've got full faith that they can they can sort these issues out. You know, there's been a lot of conversation too about uh, offline mode. I mean, talking about it in the chat room right now that if yeah. you go into airplane mode, it's it's iffy for some people under certain circumstances. What's lo- you know what's locally available and what's not. And I mean, Mike, you hmm. shared your story a couple of weeks ago about having the issue with Beats after you restored your phone and
0: you had to re-download it. so, yeah, I'm still I'm still trying to go through to download stuff. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh my God.
2: How many, how many songs do you keep, Mike?
0: Oh well, no, I did. I didn't actually go in until like today and set stuff to download. You mm-hmm. know, I okay. said like I had to try and replicate my library a little bit. Like I've right. only just started doing that. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So I think I mean I think some of that's inherent with any streaming service. Like people say that about Spotify and RDO and everything else. Like even iTunes Match. Like, oh, am I streaming or is it downloaded? It's not always clear. Uh, I think there's also the element of I did. I wasn't sure the state of my, you know, album before I. Put in the airplane mode, I think some of that's probably um uh in the the user space more than the uh technology space, but they'll get there.
0: So. Mm-hmm. so So I just checked the app and all the stuff that I set to download earlier has been downloaded, so I now just deleted beats. It's gone now.
2: Bye beats. So one of one of the one of the things that I really wanted to understand was the perception of uh people who don't listen to tech podcasts or people who don't read tech news. Uh about you know this idea of curation, like human curation. So I have a friend; he's a is a dance teacher um, here in Rome, and we were talking about Apple Music. He's kind of into you know he stays on top of iOS updates because he wants to try the latest stuff. He just doesn't read tech blogs. So we were talking about Apple News, and he was like, "Can you tell me what's what's the deal compared to Spotify?" And I told him about you know there's a radio. Uh, what? Worldwide, always on. Uh, Beats one. Yes. But there's also these, uh, this particular way of discovering new music. And there's people who like it. There's, there's a front page and you get recommendations made by the computer, uh, depending on what you listen to. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of like, you know, all these other services. And then I added, but there's also this team of people Team of experts and they make the playlists on their own because they know music. And he was super intrigued by that. And the reason is because he's a dance teacher and he needs to constantly discover new songs uh, because he uses the songs for the choreographies. And it was like, I need to, th- I always need to discover new songs, but I need to discover songs that I know are. You know, somewhat related to my taste or my history, or that have some kind of relation to other albums that I have. And many times, the recommendations by the computer fall short in that regard because they, I always get the same stuff. And so it, I, I, I explained the the human creation, and he started using Apple Music. And just a few hours ago, he came to me and was like. The, the front page is really well done and I'm getting all these playlists by of stuff that I wouldn't remember otherwise, all these albums and songs and artists that I know myself, I just haven't been listening to them in a while and I can tell that they've been made by humans because of the way that the songs are arranged or like the themes of a playlist, you can tell that it's not made by a robot and I thought that was a really interesting kind of scenario for using Apple Music and for like a practical implementation of the human curation. Like there's a person who needs new songs, who needs songs for some style, for some, you know, attitude even. Um, So I I don't think curation... Uh, is uh, it's the kind of tech buzzword that you know you you see on TechCrunch and you see everybody's into curation and there's big money flying around for curation. I think that it it can have a really meaningful and practical effect. So it'll be interesting to see when when the three month free trial is up, whether it's a, it's a feature worth paying for for people.
0: I think that's the beauty of the three month trials, and you know I think my hope would be that. They're collecting up some some of the issues and would attempt to fix them before the three-month trial's up, and that could be one of the reasons that they maybe wanted to leave it for as long as they did. So it's like, three months, give us enough time to fix a bunch of stuff, and then people don't feel like they've lost out. That would be my hope. Would it have been okay for them to just slap a beta tag on this for the first three months?
2: Uh, the beta is, a, uh, I guess, as a... As a kind of nerdy connotation, they kind of.
0: I could see why people would say it because then you could explain it away, but then it kind of doesn't feel very like finished. Yeah. Like you're admitting to it not being finished. And I don't know if that's a good marketing message.
2: Yeah. And especially, you know, people have been saying iOS has been. Uh, getting more and more bugs when a new version launches, and I don't wanna, I don't wanna install more betas on my device. So what is this Apple Music beta? I don't want a beta. I just want Apple my normal music app. So by not saying that that it's beta, you get people excited about the new finished thing, even even if it's not actually finished, because there's many things that you need to improve. Um, but yeah, I think that's the reason why they do betas anymore.
0: Uh could just quickly talk about for you because Joe Steele just asked me about this in the chat room. He mm-hmm. asked if I was happy with the for you tab and I um, really am
2: yeah, absolutely that's the my favorite absolutely favorite part of Apple music and not because I go there and I'm kinda of, and, and I say, yeah these people they know their music. It's not that I go there sort of in reverence, you know, of these people. I'm like, yeah, those are really experts. I go there and I'm just happy because I discovered all these albums and all these bands that I had forgotten about. And it's not that I had forgotten about them. It's just they're sort of in the back of my mind. And 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 when I see them, I'm like, yeah, sure. Of course I want to listen to this. So the other day I was like, I opened for you and there was the, My Chemical Romance. And I, I love that band. I just yeah. haven't been listening like in like two years. And now I'm back into listening to their entire catalog. And, and this was just a, a single example. Every time I go there, there's a bunch of things that I don't like, but I can just say, I don't like this suggestion and it seems to be getting better for me. Now I listen to many types of music. Um, so I think the more different is your taste the more like you know the more types of music you listen to the better it gets and it's not in the sense that because it recommends everything it seems better but i feel like they if you listen to more types of music to more genres you have the opportunity of recommending all these crossovers all these collaborations and i feel like the system gets it becomes more clever when when it knows that you're the kind of person who's, who's not stuck on a single genre. And I don't know, I'm just very happy with what I get. And, you know, the recommendations, the explanations of the playlist, like there's a little history at the top yeah. that you can read. Uh, they feel really well made. And it's the primary section that I open every day. So...
0: This is the thing, I feel like
2: for some reason
0: it's working for some people, not for others. So I figured I would just open Apple Music right now and take a look at it. Right. So I've got uh, a playlist by Apple Music Alternative called I Wanna Be Yours. And I've clicked (sighs) into it and it's like indie... Uh, like, slow jams and love songs. And I've looked at the track list. There's a bunch of songs on here that I like, so I'm probably going to like some more. So I've, I've literally just added that to my library. Uh, there's an intro to Muse. That would be quite cool. There's a, yeah. a 2000s alternative workout mix. So a bunch of my favorite type of indie music from the 2000s period. It Like, quick stuff. I like the sound of that. I've just added that to my music. Then I've got Oasis in here. Nice. Uh, Jay-Z. Um, I have a Kanye West mix, Pulp Deep Cuts, Intro to Biffy Claro, Green Day, The Verve, Paul Weller. Like this is just like all the music I want. Yep. Now, I don't know if this helps, but I followed a bunch of stuff and curated a bunch of stuff in Connect. Yeah. That I don't know if that's something that other people have done. But like, and then I what I also do is if I find a um group like apple music alternative that i like i follow that uh and i i'm getting lots of suggestions from apple music alternative and alternative seems to have the majority of music that i like both uh like rock music and indie music and like a bit of hip-hop and stuff like that like all thrown into the mix which i know is a bit peculiar as like a big one big bucket but it fits my music taste really nicely and so I followed that. I followed a bunch of artists on Connect as well as subscribing to stuff. And I but I have found that it has been absolutely fantastic for me.
2: Yeah. In my For You page right now, there's like Nine Inch Nails versus Soundgarden. So it's, you know, this idea of mixing different artists in the same playlist. Very interesting to me. I have The Killers, Death Cap for Cutie, and then I have The Notorious B.I.G. and Tiger. And Jay Z, (laughs) so a bunch of hip hop, Kanye West, and then more indie rock, and you know, there's Coldplay, Arcade Fire, Vampire Weekend. So it's very punk rock. I have the Simple Plan album from 2004. I don't know how does he know that I like Simple Plan. Um, So yeah, it's very like, it's very great mix for me. Um, I know that there's people like Doctor Drang at at an article today about. You know, for you doesn't work for me. And (laughs) I've seen many other people on Twitter um, saying that the for you tab is really not giving them the music they want to listen to.
0: And I don't doubt it. Like, I'm sure it doesn't work for everyone, but maybe there's, maybe there's. More stuff that you can do to try and make it work, like you try and tune it, like using the heart functionality. You can long tap again. I don't know if people know this. Long tap on suggestion for you and say Mm -hmm. this. I don't like this. Um, like follow people in connect. Like, I don't. I don't know what it is. Like, but But I just listen to music. Yeah, I expect it's a combination of all of that stuff that Mm -hmm. helps kind of teach it because you got to kind of teach it and I think that might be it, and you know I think one of the reasons it's probably working so well for Federico is he was able to bring all his beats history but I wasn't, and it's still working great for me, and I haven't really bought music in a long time, so it's not even necessarily keeping up with my iTunes purchases, so it's it's it works really well for me, um, it works really well for Federico but there are clearly people it doesn't work for so, you know, maybe maybe there is a, an element of like needing to just kind of throw caution to the wind and jump in and try and play around with it and see
2: what comes out of it. No, maybe those people are wrong. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. You, you, can, know? you can say that. No, 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 no I'm yeah. not. It was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> Please don't
1: send us an email. You're going to get a blog post from Papa Durant again.
2: No, no, no. I was just kidding <laughs> this time. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Take a break?
0: Yeah. yeah. This week's episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Hover, who are the best way to buy and manage domain names. And I say that I say that with full conviction. I really mean that. I just, if you want to buy a domain name, there's nowhere else you should go. Hover.com is the place to go because they just make it so simple. I don't know why other people want to trick you and like just make things horrible and have a really terrible looking website when they're trying to sell you domains, but it seems to be like the overall trend in the industry. But Hover bucks that trend. They give you a great place to go and search. You can go and have a very simple, hassle-free interface that allows you to go in, search for the domain that you want. They have all of the TOTs you'd expect, like .com, .co, .me. They have all of the crazy ones as well. Anything that tickles your fancy, they're going to be able to provide it. And If the domain that you're looking for is available, you know, you search a couple of words or you search the exact domain that you're looking for, you can just, within 30 seconds, you'll be out of the door again if you want to. Super simple. You can just go in. You can just select what you're looking for. Tick this, tick this, tick this. I'll buy those domains, please. And you can just go through the checkout process. Super simple. They include Whois privacy for free too with all of Hover's domains that support it, all the TLD options that support Whois privacy. Hover.com enable that by default for you, they give it to you for free Uh, their .com domains start at just $12.99 they have additional extras that you can add on if you want to, but they don't badger you with them, they don't check boxes that you have to uncheck, and this is stuff like uh, custom email addresses they do storage and forwarding on those as well if you want to do that, you can add that stuff with hover.com and they have great interfaces and tools to help you set that kind of stuff up, they have great customer support as well, Um, I love their email support I've gotten great support from hover in the password that kind of stuff. They have great guides on their website as well that you can use if you just want to get a quick answer to something and you just want to check something out You know, maybe some MX record information and stuff, you want that, they've got great guides for that but they also have no hold, no wait, no transfer telephone support. You pick up the phone and call Hover and you'll speak to a person and that person's going to be able to give you what you want, you won't be transferring from department to department They also have their valet service where Hover will switch your domains for free from your current provider for you They have volume discounts for bulk domain renewal, and so much more. You can go to hover.com right now and use the code teletext, that's T-E-L-E-T-E-X-T, at checkout, and you'll get yourself (laughs) 10% off your first purchase at hover.com and show your support for this show and all of RelayFM. That's teletext at checkout to get your 10% off. Thank you so much to Hover for supporting this week's show.
2: That's one of your best codes ever. Thank Probably. you. I was
0: proud of that one. It's so like that time, that gives maybe towards the end of the month or the first of the month, I'm like I'm trying to rack my brains, like what what code can I use? <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Teletext. So Federico uh, has another Apple Watch. So yeah, I do. We've got we've got that going on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a, So this one is a it's a, it's a, the Apple Watch, you know the the steel one. It's a review unit, so uh, it's not really mine but I get to keep it for 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 a while and I can test it and I chose to um the Milanese loop because I really wanted to my reasoning was I want to try the band that's the most unique one and I was intrigued by the you know i re- I remember the Milanese loop from my from the 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 March event in San Francisco. It was the the one that i that I got to try. and I was intrigued by the you know i wanted to test the quality of the of the band in, in everyday life. and I' was also intrigued by the magnet uh, you know the strap, the way it works. and so i'm I'm the first week into this new Apple watch. Two thoughts. Um,
0: just quickly, the reason that you have this is because it's just going These have very recently gone on sale in Italy, right? Yes,
2: yes. Yeah, I, that, it's an Italian review unit, yeah. and uh, um, I went to to Milan last week, and, and now I have this Apple Watch. Did you um, get
0: Did you get the Milanese because you were in Milan?
2: <laughs> is that why? I got, uh, <laughs> well, I, I didn't even think about this coincidence something a few people on Twitter told me, yeah, of course you got the Milanese loop. Um, but no, I didn't really think about it. I was like, I I, I, I could, uh, I did have a choice, uh, but this one, like I immediately knew that I really wanted to test this one. Um, so two thoughts, like the, the, fir- the, the, the first one is that the, the Apple Watch seal looks much better to me than the Apple Watch Sport that i got mm-hmm. the the black uh, uh no
0: come on come on okay i'm not having this mm-hmm federico likes it right no I what's uh, the what, what's
2: going on here
0: what what's, what you I, was steven, I was being judgmental
1: yeah. i was being judgmental because i own the steel so steven
0: yeah. it, steven is trying to claim victory that it's the best but it is the one that maybe you both prefer i have st- seen them trying them on seen a bunch of them, seen all my friends of them, I still for me prefer the look
2: of the sport, yeah, it's yeah, a personal taste thing you cannot claim yeah it's fine victory. you're just wrong, Mike, but it's <sighs> fine. <sighs> that's, mike that's was it. wrong twenty fifteen <laughs> apparently Mike is
0: neither right or wrong. that's why yeah. I heard recently hashtag mike is neutral
1: yeah. that's the uh no, that's the that's the beauty another, of this product' it's another show you can yeah you can you can pick what you want, right like I for instance had tried the the you know a bunch of different bands in the try-on. I like the sport band and the leather classic buckle. Not everybody does. Like that's one of the nice things uh, about this. Anyways, we 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 de- derailed you, Federico.
2: Sorry. Yes. <laughs> you should be sorry. Um, How? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I love you guys. Um, the the thing, it's a very stupid reason why I prefer the Apple Watch seal, and that it. Uh, this is gonna sound so stupid. It's shiny. And okay. <laughs> Yes, I mean we know that, right? Yes. Why? And when I put the Apple Watch seal on my wrist, I feel more, I feel better because it's shiny and it's on my wrist, and the, the sunlight reflects on the Apple Watch, and I think it makes it precious. Like okay. it makes it like a piece of jewelry instead of an Apple accessory on my body. Mm-hmm.
0: That makes sense. But you do You already knew this.
2: Why did you go for the sport? Well, because I wasn't sure about what I knew. Right. Okay. And then I get to try. I get to try it, and I'm like, "Yeah, I was wrong," you know. Yeah. So next year I'm gonna get the the, the Apple Watch Steel, for sure. Because I mean, if if it continues to look this good, I just like it. You know, the way, that, like sometimes when I when I'm when I'm outside and I'm wearing the Apple Watch and I can see like the you know the reflection on the on the steel body, I think it looks great. Um,
0: see, whilst I still very much like the look of the aluminium. I have a bunch of scratches on my screen. Mm.
1: Yeah, Sapphire or Get Out.
0: Yeah, that that's that's my 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 annoyance right now. But I mean, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give it a couple of months' time, and I'm just going to go in and pay the fifty pound for Apple Care and get get it replaced. But because uh, I already have Apple Care, so you pay the excess, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like ah, this is annoying. But every watch I've ever had has had scratches on the face, and when the screen is on, I can't see them. Uh, but it's going to happen, like because I walk into things.
1: <laughs> well, I, and and likewise, the stainless steel body picks up scratches and
0: dings, and yeah. See, um, I don't have scratches on the body; I have scratches on the yeah. face. Uh, I don't I mean, know what's worse.
1: There's there's trade offs with these, you know, the materials they're using, and um. But again, like like you said, the screen, like most stainless steel watches, stainless steel anything, you know, get scratched and and banged up and that sort of thing. So it's it just comes with the territory, depending on which model you get and you should expect some sort of wear and tear,
2: I think. Yeah. So anyway, the the second thought was that the Milanese loop is very soft and it's very comfortable and it's like, I almost don't notice it. Um, I do notice it when it's pulling my hair. (laughs) And it doesn't happen very often. It just, happens like once a day. It doesn't need to
0: happen often, but when it happens, you notice it. (laughs) Yeah, yes. So
2: most of the time, I thought, you know, um, the first day I I was like, yeah, this Apple Watch really feels heavier. And the sport band was really like rubberish and it was really soft. And then I got used to the Apple Watch and the weight difference. It's not really a problem. The middleness is really soft. Sometimes it pulls my hair. And I don't know what the solution is. Maybe I should shave my arm, as people in the chat room are saying. Don't do that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. You don't Um, need to do that. It's fine. um, So I think maybe that's just a, you know, know, I I mean, I should say, I haven't worn a watch, let alone this type of watch bracelet, in a decade. So it's probably normal that this type of bracelet pulls your hair, you know, uh, because it's just physics and, you know human beings and stuff um, but it's not it's no big deal I mean it's not like it's killing me you know it's just a hair so I can leave I can live with that just something that I didn't notice uh, the Apple watch itself thinking about it what's really what's really democratic in a way is that every Apple watch works the same and that sounds obvious but you know so many times in fashion when you buy the, the luxury or the, the, you know, the, the more expensive version of an object, it also gets more stuff. Like you buy a bag that's more expensive and you get like more pockets or you get like a different type of, you know, of a, of a, I don't know, of any kind of accessory that makes it better also functionally. And instead, the Apple Watch really, the software, it's the same and it works the same way. And it looks different. So like this this is something that we talked about many times before, but like going from the sport to the to the seal one, I appreciate like the way it looks different, but also the way it works the same. And that may sound totally obvious, but kind of came to my mind. And now what I'm not sure about, because I was at the beach, um do I wanna work out with the Milanese loop? Um I should I probably like no. I feel like I don't want to, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah. My my worry would be that the magnet slips kind of down that band and before you know it your watch is just, you know, loose. Oh. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'd come off all the way, but I think it would definitely loosen. I I don't know. Uh, have you run with it? Have you done anything with it or it's it just been a been a thought so far?
2: Yeah, I I cannot run. So, you know. <laughs> so I do not. <laughs> no, no, like my physical therapies telling me not to run so uh, it's not like it's a choice it's an imposition
1: what about gesturing wildly while podcasting is it fun you know it's been fine that? it's been fine for that oh, it's tonight. good good yeah that's what people
0: really want to know
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> i still want to buy a Milanese loop um
2: it looks I fantastic
0: just, yeah I, but my feeling is like i would wear it rarely I think because I, I really like the sport bands and I feel like I would only really want to wear that band for like dressing nicely somewhere you know like and mm-hmm. so like you know I'm just nicely so I put the millennials on so I haven't bought it yet because I'm just it's like 130 pounds which isn't too expensive but it's still expensive and considering I don't need it like I'm just going to wait now until my next America trip and just take advantage of the conversion um and just buy it there. So like I still plan on getting it because my feeling is that the watch band will last me a couple of years even if I change the watch. That's that's my feeling, right? Is that the watch bands won't be obsolete on the next watch revision? Mhm. That's my hope at least. Uh, I think everybody's I, hoping that. I think that would be really uh surprising and extremely annoying. Uh, I can accept the watch being replaced every couple of years or whatever, but I would like the bands to to go at least two revisions. Would be my my thought on that. Anyway, uh, so I I'm happy that you like it, Federico, um, because it's you know I, I've heard good reports, some, some mixed but mainly good about about it. But uh, I also really trust your opinion, so I'm I'm happy that you like it because it's. Making me feel like that—that that is definitely an option that I wanna—I wanna go with, and I can live with the mismatch on the on the lugs. Mm-hmm. I know that Stephen can't, uh, but I can. I
1: was gonna say, I'm the same way too. I bought the the leather classic buckle, which is not as nice as the Milanese, but definitely nicer than either of the sport bands that I own. And I, I've only worn that band maybe twice, and it's it's very comfortable. I, I like the way it looks, like the way it feels, but again, it's sort of a dressier option, and I, I really. Cannot say enough good things about the the sport band. Both the white and the black uh, that I own are, are both great. They're they're different from each other, which is interesting. But yeah, I agree. If I had something nicer, like I've thought about, um, you know, uh, maybe not the, the Milanese. I'm not a huge fan of that look. But you know, kind of halfway eyed the the big um, metal. What what do they call it? The uh, link. you know, yeah, the link bracelet. And I was like, I, I would wear that three times a year, and I can't justify it. But uh, it's just nice, like, again, like we're talking about the material, it's nice to have options. And that's something that I think Apple's done very well with uh, concerning the watch. It, it, seemingly endless combinations of of how you, not only can, what bands you have, but the, the watch face, and you can really make it your own. I mean, uh, to come across somebody with the exact same watch setup as you is you
2: know, relatively rare at the, at this point. My final comment on the The still with the Milanese loop is that people definitely notice it more when I'm when I'm out like I can see people looking at the watch more and like especially compared to when I was wearing the Apple Watch Sport Uh, but still nobody has ever approached me like strangers and I feel like when I hear stories of people being approached by strangers I feel like that's a that's a thing we won't experience here in Rome because everybody's really suspicious of everybody else. Uh, like I never I never myself experience those types of moments of a stranger walking up to me and saying, "Hey, is that the new Apple thing?" Uh, unless it's a friend or someone who I know. Uh, I never get the random stranger asking me about new Apple products. I feel like I'm missing out on a type of fun experience, but, you know, people are always skeptical. Like, they look behind their shoulder when when they're working here in Rome. You know, so no strangers asking about Apple products for me. It's quite sad.
1: I've even had that. My watch came with the black sport band, but I bought the white one. And even between just the two of those wearing the white sport band uh garners more attention. Again, like you said, I've only I've had a couple people actually ask me. Um like a, a waiter and then some somebody else, you know, interacting with somebody like, oh is that the, the Apple Watch. Um I feel like the black or the darker colors just kinda of blend in better, whereas something bright, especially something shiny, mm-hmm. catches people's eye in a in a different way.
0: Yeah, I don't get as many people mention it. I also don't leave the house very much, so <laughs> oh. I think that I think that might be part of the reason. <laughs> you're not seeing no, anyone, they can't ask you about your watch. It's
2: not sad. I'm very happy. Very mm-hmm. happy. I'm happy for you. But you should leave the house sometimes. I'm working on it. Especially because allegedly it is a nice weather in London. Yeah. At least you said so. If you no. believe that, you should get up more. Except for our uh, misshapen sun exactly you know you get half of the sun but that's fine I mean half of the sun is better than no sun so go for it Mike
0: are we at the end? I hope so If you want to find the show notes for this week's episode, go to relay.fm slash connected slash 47. Thanks again to our sponsors this week, Hover, Fracture, and lynda.com. You can help support the show by supporting them, and you can help support Stephen by buying a t-shirt. You can find links in the show notes. You should go and do that. Um, If you want to find us online, Federico is at Vitici V-I-T-I-C-C-I, on Twitter, and he writes over at maxstories.net. Stephen is at ISMH. And he uh, writes over at 512pixels.net and I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Connected and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Arrivederci. Adios.